Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Are you ready for the word? All right, get your Bibles out. Turn to 2 Timothy for me. We're uh, wrapping up a series I don't want to review because I have a lot to get in today, but it is part four of our series called More. We know that God has more for you and I. Um, we, we need to walk in what God has. In fact, you know, we, we want more of what God has, but understand, unless you're walking in what you currently know, he's not gonna necessarily give you more. So we need to apply more of the word to our life to experience all that he has and open our hearts up to the word to make sure that we understand his word, his instruction to us so we can apply it to our life. God has so much more for us. We all could do uh, probably a little bit better job of applying the word to our life and taking our life to that next level as God wants us to, as he intends us to. So that's kind of the premise of the series. Uh, we took the first two weeks, we talked about uh, finances and how to manage that according to God's word so we can manage uh, more of the kingdom resources to reach more people. That's what it's for. And then last week and this week, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so last week just really took time to talk about who is he because the Holy Spirit is a he. And so today I'm really going to talk about something that's probably the one part of the Holy Spirit piece people have a problem with. In fact, if you came last week, you'll remember we talked about who he is and all the benefits of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and how it's important for us to have a relationship with all three. And a lot of times we relate to the Father, we can relate to the Son, but I don't know about this Holy Spirit piece. So we just need to get into the Word, see what the Word has to say. Um, Sometimes we base our ideas and opinions on other people's information, not actually studying it out ourselves or other experiences. And so I just want to give you this morning the Word. It's a topic that could take weeks and weeks and weeks, so my heart really is the Holy Spirit's going to lead us and really touch on the things that I think that really you'll grab a hold of. Uh, Let me say this, It it is a misunderstood subject. It is a core value here at Tree of Life, and so I don't want to dance around the issue, but the reality is what we're ministering on this morning, and no, you cannot get up and leave, (laughs) is uh, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the heavenly language, or let me say it this way, speaking in tongues. And I want to say that, yes, I am a man, I am a husband, I'm a dad that believes in that, my family, this is the church, that is a core value, a core belief here as we see in the scripture. And so it doesn't make us some crazy, wild-eyed fanatic any more than it makes someone that doesn't believe that a second-class Christian. So everybody has to make a decision for themselves. As a pastor, my responsibility is to lead you to the, to the green pastures so you can feed on the safe place. And so, uh, again, I embrace this belief system. If you've been here for any length of time, I hope that you know that I'm not crazy <laughs> or I've hidden it very well. <laughs> Either way, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but the reality is, if you don't agree with what I'm gonna share in the word with you this morning, you know, can I just say that's okay? Because that's between you and the Lord. What you walk in is for you and God, what I walk in is for my family. Uh, my responsibility is to not shove it down your throat my responsibility is not to judge, but nor will I apologize for our belief system and what we believe in the word, and I won't water it down. I'm just going to share the truth as I know it, okay? So we can walk that way. Having said that, if we don't agree on that, that's okay. We can still win people for Jesus. The main thing, the main thing, right? You can go to heaven without speaking in tongues. Can I tell you that that's not a prerequisite to get to heaven? And so we're here to work together and win people for Jesus. Now, I believe it's for every believer, and I believe it empowers us to live a victorious life in this world. And we'll talk about that this morning. It also enables us to reach more people, which is our ultimate goal and mission, to be the witnesses. So that's what I want to share this morning. So uh, I just want you to wipe the slate clean. I want you just to, to sit and soak the word up, and then you, you make a decision for you and your family. 
family. Uh, I want to let you know that I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit about 11 or 12 years old uh, at, at a church um, in Indiana that my mom and dad really got rededicated to the Lord. And my dad took us, I'll say it, my dad took us to this holy roller church. I'm telling you, I was 12, my brother was 14, and we thought, 12 to 14, we looked at each other, my dad has lost his mind. He took us to a cult. And then all of a sudden they're passing around great, great Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And we found out it was just communion and it was okay. It was just great. But uh, can I tell you in that, in that church for the time that we were there, I did experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm forever thankful for that. Uh, but I know there's a different packaging that people have. Amen. There's a, there's a different packaging that people have. So, so don't get turned off because of the packaging. Uh, we all want the power of God and need the power of God in our lives. So let's not make judgments or, or make decisions based on the packaging. In, in other words, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will. Uh, let's open our hearts up and the word up and see what the Bible has to say today. But for the last 37 years, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for the, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I walk in, that my family walks in, and, and I hope that you'll see the benefit to you as well. Let me start by making some statements this morning. Number one, we are on solid biblical ground about believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see that throughout the New Testament. In fact, you read scriptures and passages that talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. You see that all throughout the New Testament. Uh, number two, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience separate from salvation. It's an experience separate from salvation. It's a separate work. In scripture, you see people saved, and then you see another experience or baptism. You'll see things like baptized with water, as, or John's baptism, as a baptism unto repentance. And then you see baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is a baptism into power, and we'll explain that in a minute. Now, baptism is from the word baptizo, and baptizo means to be immersed or submerged in. So immerse or sub, uh, submerged in water is reflective of your salvation experience, and there's an experience, an immersion or submerging in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the power of God. It is a separate work. In fact, after Jesus rose again, after he was resurrected, the disciples were in a room. They were afraid for their lives, so they locked themselves in a room. Jesus walks through the door, scares them, says, don't be afraid, it's me, peace be still, and then he talks to them for a minute, and then it says he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. That's the first salvation experience that you see in scripture. It only could be the first salvation experience because it's after Jesus was crucified as the sacrifice, went to hell, defeated uh, hell, got the keys and came out. Now people can get saved. So he breathes the Holy Spirit on. But then he tells his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait there till you receive the gift or the promise of the Father, the gift, the free gift for everyone, the promise of the Father, which is to be endued with power from on high. We'll talk about that. So we see two workings here, in particular pertaining to the Holy Spirit. So it is a, it is a separate experience then from salvation. Uh, let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit at salvation is for heaven. It gets you to heaven, amen? That's I'm going to heaven, I'm saved. The, Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit's for earth because you still got some earth to live out and you need a power beyond your natural power or natural ability to be an overcomer and to win people for Jesus to make the greatest impact possible. So baptism uh, at salvations for heaven, or, or sal the Holy Spirit at salvations for heaven and baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the rest of your time here on the earth. And so uh, number three, baptism of the Holy Spirit was a normal Christian experience for New Testament believers. 
When the church was established, it was established by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But when you study the New Testament church, baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues was a normal Christian experience. They didn't have to have seminars on it. They didn't have to have teaching and teaching and counter teaching. And they didn't have to you know, give out books and all that kind of stuff. It was a part of their life. It's only as time progressed where people started questioning things or challenging things that it became something that was not the norm. It's what, that's how they lived. So 2 Timothy 3, here's why this is important. Let's start here, but mark this, there will be terrible times. Terrible is another word if you study it out and you'll find it in scripture at a place where Jesus cast the devil out or a demon possessed man was set free. And so we can read it this way, but mark this, there will be terrible or evil times or demonic times in the last days. How many of you guys know, hey, we're in those right now. Turn on the TV. I mean, you can see the news. I was talking to somebody this morning about some shooting in uh, New Orleans and 10 people were shot. I mean, it's getting more and more evil. That's not a doom and gloom prophecy. That's scripture. But we don't have to live in fear, amen, because our, our home is in heaven, but we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live out in victory and take as many people to heaven with us as possible. Goes on to say this. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that was just our election cycle. I mean, I'm just telling you, it was a crazy, it's crazy times we live in. Okay. But listen here, listen here to listen here to verse number five. Listen to this. This is a key one. Okay. Having a form of godliness, but denying its what? Power. So he says, don't have God without the power. Don't live your life as a Christian without the power of God. Don't live a powerless Christianity. And can I tell you what the Holy Spirit is, baptism of the Holy Spirit, is and being immersed in the power of God. We'll explain that in a minute. What it's basically saying is, listen, Christians, don't be powerless Christians. Don't be a powerless church. Listen, we're not here just to do church. I'm not here to do church for church people. We're not here to be churchy. Hey, I mean, most of us in here are experts at doing church. We can be experts at doing church. Can I tell you, doing church is e- for church people is easy. Doing church for the unchurched and lost is hard because it's a moving target and we need a power beyond our natural ability to reach people in the evil days that we live in. We cannot be a churchy church or powerless church. Having a form of godliness but no power does not change the lives of people around about us. And in fact, let me say it this way. It doesn't separate us from the world. And if there's no power released in the life of believers or in their church, then we're no different than the world. And then why would the world want what we have? Because we're not here to have a socially acceptable or culturally acceptable Christianity. We're not here to be politically correct Christians. We're here to be biblically correct Christians. And so we need the power of God. Why? Because days are evil. And we need that. We can't just be a church that has a form of godliness but no power. And so that's the instruction here. And so we want to make sure that we're not going to be a churchy church, if you will, that we're going to be doing what God's called us to do with the Holy Spirit and power. So Jesus told his disciples to go to, to receive the power. You'll see it in Acts 1. We'll get there in a moment. And Jesus knew the days would be evil and the church could not be satisfied with a form of godliness and no power. And you know what? It seems to me that Christians can be more worried about fitting into these evil days than overcoming them. I'm going to say that again in all the love that I can as your pastor. It seems to me that that many Christians are more concerned or worrying about fitting into these evil days or flying under the radar than overcoming them. That's not what God wants. God does not want a powerless, socially, culturally acceptable Christianity. He wants us to be his people. 
Amen? And wants us to change the world. Um, the church is not supposed to blend into the world. It is supposed to change the world. So let's talk about really the one aspect, if you will, of the Holy Spirit that really people have a problem with. And that obviously what we're talking about today is the, to- the part about speaking in tongues. Because every other part we love, we want that relationship. We want him to be our guide. We, we want him to, to lead us and guide us into truth. We want, want him to help us make decisions. We, we want him to be wisdom to us. We want all that. We love all that. But there's this one area that we get hung up on a little bit. <clears throat> Just one area. And I believe the enemy has created so much confusion over that one area. So much misinformation, so much misuse. There's, it's been overemphasized, it's been underemphasized. Whatever he can do to create controversy because he does not want you and I walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have a form of godliness without power. Why does he want that? Because if he can't keep us from going to heaven, then he doesn't want us taking anybody else with us. If he can't keep us from going to heaven, then he doesn't want us walking in victory or overcoming this earth while we're here. And that's what the power of the Holy Spirit helps us to do. So he creates all this confusion and controversy about one aspect of the Holy Spirit to keep it at arm's length from us where people will even despise it or preach against it so we live a powerless Christian life and we're no threat to him. So he stirs the pot every chance he gets. And people willingly walk down that road, people even in my profession. And so if the devil can't keep you from getting saved, he's gonna try and keep you from getting empowered by the Holy Spirit. So there's so much controversy here. That's why I say, study it for yourself. Look in the word for yourself. That's what we're doing today. So he's not afraid of powerless Christians. He's not afraid of powerless Christianity. And so today we're gonna look at uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is for everybody. And again, so really our problem is about the the heavenly language part, the speaking in tongues part. And let me help you understand that. There's so much more that we can cover today, but hang in there with me this morning. Acts 1, 4 through 8. So he tells them, go wait in Jerusalem and wait till you receive the gift. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, this is Jesus to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift, free gift for everyone, my Father God promised, which you've heard me speak of. In fact, the whole Last Supper, John 14, 15, 16, that was the conversation. For John baptized with water, a salvation repentance baptism, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit or an immersion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time gonna restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Here's why you need power. It's to reach people, touch their lives, fulfill the mission I have for you. A separate working. They've already been breathed on to receive the Holy Spirit. Now he says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise, the gift of the Father to receive power to be my witnesses, to be immersed, to be submerged in the power of God. Acts 2, let's go over one chapter. Starting here, verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Let me explain this, because we talk about the outpouring in the upper room of the Holy Spirit. We call it the day of Pentecost. We think it's because we call it the day of Pentecost because that was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't the, out, that wasn't the reason why. The day of Pentecost was the feast they already followed from the Old Testament. And I want you to understand this chain of events, because when the children of Israel were slaves for 400 years to the, to the Egyptians, God sent a deliverer 
and then the Passover happened where the angel of death passed over God's people and they were freed from slavery and they went through into the wilderness uh, and, and went for 50 days. Pente means 50. On the 50th day, God called Moses up to the mountaintop and gave him the 10 commandments. And basically why it's important is because that was the formation of a nation of Israel. God's people were formed into a nation. So this is what's being celebrated. It's an anniversary, if you will. So God intentionally picked that day for them to go wait in Jerusalem because on this day, he went then from the Old Testament forming a nation or establishing a nation he went to establishing the church. Because at this day, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the establishment of his church. And then you can read through Acts and you see 3,000 people were added to the church, 5,000 people were added to the church. So God always intended to have a moment in time that he sent an outpouring of his power to empower the church to live beyond the natural into the supernatural because the days would be evil and they needed to make a difference on the planet. Do you get that? It was always God's intent to do that. And I think it's important for us to understand. It wasn't some random thing. And also at this time, because it was the Feast of Pentecost, there were people there from every nation. It goes on to say this. Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven, filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Spirit, or with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now that we're staying in Jerusalem, here's why it happened. Also, identifying not just the establishment of a nation, but establishment of the church and power, there were God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, because the power is to change the world. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? And then he begins to rattle off all the different languages there. We can scroll through that. You can read that. And it says this in verse 12. They were amazed and perplexed. And they asked one another, what does this mean? And that's the question. What does this heavenly language mean? What's going on here when we look at the scripture and it talks about that? What, what, is, what is happening now? And let's take a look over in 1 Corinthians 2 for an explanation. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Let me read that for you. And this is, let me set this up real quick. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. So the Apostle Paul, you realize when we study the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. And can I say this morning, the Apostle Paul was a tongue talker. So people may despise tongues, but they're following the teachings of a person. In fact, here's what he says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 14, I thank God that I, talk, I speak in tongues more than y'all. And he was from South Israel. More than y'all, I speak in tongues more than y'all. So he's a little proudly saying that, kind of, but you can see that in 1 Corinthians 14. So here's what we study and live our, uh, who we study and live our life by, but, but we despise what he's walking in the revelation, where the revelation comes from. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. And you can see that in Acts 9, he receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it came, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I was proclaimed to you, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but if anybody could use wise and persuasive words, it was Paul. Paul was one of the most educated men on the planet. But I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's what? 
power. I came with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom but on God's power because human wisdom has limitations but God's power does not. We need to rest on what is greater than man's natural ability and that's the power of God. Our faith is on the power of God, not man's limited natural ability. And Paul's saying this, he's like, listen, it's not about what we know and what we can know and comprehend in our natural body, natural mind. It's what God's enablement enables us to do with his power. It's what we're here. And can I tell you, there's always going to be an argument against our belief, but an argument will never trump the power of God. An argument will never trump a miracle. An argument will never trump the miraculous or the outpouring of God's power. There is no argument can. And Paul says that's what we base our life on, not what we can understand and comprehend with our natural mind and our natural body because there's so much more to God than what we can understand or comprehend. And aren't you glad for that? He's way bigger than what we could think. So let's not reduce him down to the size of our understanding. That's what Paul says. That's what we base our life on. That's what we base our faith on. So it's for living today. And then it goes on to say this in verse six. We do, however speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He says, natural mind, natural ability really isn't cutting it anymore. It doesn't get it done. It really doesn't amount. What we know and can comprehend doesn't, is not enough to get the job done. Doesn't matter. Goes on to say this. Or we already went there. Okay, no, we declare God's wisdom. We want God's wisdom, not natural wisdom. A mystery that has been hidden and that God destined, now listen to this phrase, God destined for our glory before time began. Now let me explain this to you, but hold on to this phrase, God destined for our glory before time began. God's wisdom can be a mystery that's been hidden because God's way bigger than we are able to comprehend. We don't know everything about God. We can't know everything about God, but there are things he wants to reveal to you. So God has given the Holy Spirit to empower the natural people to do supernatural things for the sake of reaching people in an evil world. So God has more for you and I, but it's a mystery he wants to reveal. Now verse seven, if you leave that up there, it goes on to say this, that God destined, uh, verse seven, God destined for our glory before time began. Something hidden he wants us to have. He's always wanted us to have it. He wanted us to have it before time began. And Paul says there's things of God you understand and there's things of God you don't understand. And God's trying to get to you the things you don't understand. God wants you to have it. He wants to download it in you, if I could use that term. And look at the word glory here. God destined for our glory. God always intended before time to begin that we walk in his glory. That word glory right there in the Hebrew means the full weight of God. In other words, God always intended for you and I to walk in the full weight of who he is. He always intended for you and I to have the fullness of his life, love, and power in our life. He always intended for you and I in these evil days to be different than the natural world, and that's to walk in the supernatural and the fullness of who he is in this dark world. God always intended for that to happen. That's what he wants. He wants you to walk in the full weight of who he is. God wants every one of us to live a life full of the full weight of who he is. He wants to download the full weight of who he is into you and I. Uh, think about this for a moment. If the full weight of God is, descended, has dis, is descending on you or on your natural body, something's gotta give and it ain't gonna be God. 
<laughs> I mean, you can look in the Old Testament where Moses is like, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. So God places him in the cleft of a rock, hides him somewhat, and all he sees is just a little backside, and it's changed and transformed and aged him just a little bit. It is impossible for our human bodies to contain the full weight of who God is. It's impossible because of how big and how vast and how great God is. It's impossible for our natural mind to grasp the fullness of who God is. Again, do not reduce him down to your natural mind. He is so much bigger than that. So he wants to download who he is into us. I'm going to use this example. Several years ago, I had my iPhone. I had an iPhone 4, and they had already put out the operating system 5, already put out the operating system 6, and I just didn't make the change. I just didn't upgrade. I was happy where it was, and all of a sudden, things didn't start working right, and everybody else is doing things I couldn't do. And I'm like, what's the deal? I'm like, what are you operating on? I'm like, four. Like, seriously, you need to upgrade. And so after I upgraded, I'm like, man, this is awesome. I didn't know it could do all this kind of stuff. Now, that's a silly, cheesy illustration, but some of us have settled into the operating system that we received when we got saved, and we need an upgrade of the infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit to operate at a different level. To operate at a different level. We need an upgrade. God wants to download his operating system, if you will, his operating language into you. And so we can't operate at the same level we were when we got saved. God has so much more. He wants to get the full weight of who he is in you so we can operate at a higher level. And so we all need an upgrade. First Corinthians 2, 8. Let's keep going to verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, listen to this, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. They are a mystery to him. Now, a lot of people will teach this passage as heaven, but it doesn't say this is about heaven. So if you keep it in context of the passage of scripture, it's talking about then the glory of God in you. So it's talking about the full weight of God in you. And what he's saying here is you haven't, you can't hear the full weight of God. You can't see the full weight of God. You can't conceive, your mind cannot comprehend the full weight of God. Read the passage in the proper context. It's not talking about heaven one day, it's talking about here on the earth without an upgrade, if you will. You can't see the full of God, you can't hear the fullness of God, you can't comprehend or experience the fullness of God the way that you are without an upgrade. But God wants to get it to you. So it talks about, so it talks about these mysteries, he wants to get it to you. And so I, I want you to understand that. It, you, it, that you can't see it, you can't hear it, you can't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Read it in its context. It's impossible for our natural being to understand or grasp the full weight of who God is. God sees our world, he sees the evil in it. God sees our struggles, our natural limitations, and God sees our assignments that we're here to change the world. And he knows we don't have enough to pull it off. Again, no eye, no ear, no mind. We, 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 we have to go beyond the natural. So what's God gonna do? What is he gonna do then when we are limited like that? But there is hope. God has a hope to download his glory in us. Colossians 1.27, let's read this. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, 
which is Christ in you. Look at this next phrase, the hope of glory. What's God's hope to download the full weight of who he is into our natural beings? It's Christ in you. In other words, because you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that means your spirit, man, has been recreated in the image of God. Now God has something in you that's like him that can receive the download of his full weight because your natural body can't and your natural mind can't, but your recreated spirit because of Jesus Christ enables you to receive the full weight of who God is because it's the part of you that's like him. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. You realize when you're saved and born again, it's your spirit man that's saved and born again? Now, we would like a kind of a reborn again physical being, probably, couldn't you? Just a little bit of work there, God? But it's our spirit, man. We're we're recreating the image of God. Now, physically, we don't all walk around in robes and sandals with long hair. Some of you may. But it wasn't the change that happened. But inwardly, he's recreated a part in us, our spirit man, that's like him. So he can download now the full weight of who he is in the part of us that was created to be like him. You realize we're the only living thing on the earth that has a spirit? I know that breaks some of our hearts. I lost my little dog of 13 years a little while ago. I did. He's in heaven because I saw the movie. <clears throat> but understand, understand we're the, why are we the only living creature that has a spirit, man? So God could download the full weight of who he is into us. Because we need to live beyond the natural into the supernatural. And we can't comprehend the vastness of God with our mind and our body. Can't receive the fullness of who he is. So it's Jesus, the hope of glory, the hope of the full weight of God in us. He can only download who he is into the part of us that's been changed to be like him. So Christ is the hope for the full weight of who God is to be downloaded into you and I. Why? Because it connects our spirit with God's spirit. That's good news. It is possible to receive all God has for us because of Christ. It's possible because of the part of us now that is in the image of God. God set it up that way. First Corinthians 2.10, let's keep going. These things are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. The spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, searches all things, even the deep things of God. I love that. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? No one, as much as you wish your spouse could read your mind, they can't. They can't. For who knows a person's spirit within them but their own spirit? In the same way, nope, back to 11, please. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the capital S Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. Verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit, Holy Spirit, who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So our spirit, recreated in the image of God, communes with God's spirit, and now that's where we're receiving the things of God. That's where we're learning from God. That's where we're understanding the deep mysteries and things of God. He had to have something in us like him, so when our heart was recreated, spirit rather, was recreated in the image of Christ, he was able to download the full weight of who he is in us. So, God created a way, a vehicle. Let me say it this way, a conduit. Uh, Let me say an operating system, an operating language. Okay, here we go. A heavenly language, a spiritual language to connect our spirit with his spirit. But a language that would frustrate our limited mind, a language that would frustrate our brain and that our mind would say, hey, wait, quick, hey, what's going on, guys? (laughs) 
Hey, what are you talking about? What's going on there? Why are you keeping me out? Oh, you wouldn't understand anyways. I mean, that's the conversation between our spirit downloaded with God and our natural mind. Our natural mind cannot comprehend. You saw no mind can comprehend the full weight of God. So God bypasses our body, which is incapable of receiving the full weight, and God bypasses our mind, which is impossible to comprehend the greatness of God, and he creates a way to download to our spirit, and really that's our struggle. Our struggles with what God created, the vehicle, the conduit, the operating system, the operating language, the heavenly language is what God created, not man, what God created to download from his spirit to our spirit that's in communion with him. So God created a heavenly language and we see it in scripture, it's there. But sadly, people despise it and make fun of it because the enemy doesn't want you walking in the full way to who God is. But God created a way for you and I to do that, leaving out the parts that are incapable of receiving his full weight. He did that intentionally. In fact, Romans 8, 16 says our spirit testifies with God's spirit. They're in communion or they're in community together, spirit to spirit. When it comes to God, our spirit does not filter it through our mind, it bypasses it. God reveals us things spirit to spirit. Uh, let's keep going, where were we guys? Let's go on, we didn't, I didn't finish that passage yet. Okay, so this is, can we back up to 12? Let's back up to 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but is the spirit, Holy Spirit, who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Verse 13, this is what we speak. Now listen, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, ABCs, phonetics, how you learn to talk as a kid, but in words taught by the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with what? Spirit or Holy Spirit taught words. Are you reading that right there in the scripture? It talks about we learn a different language taught to us by the Holy Spirit, not words necessarily that we've learned on the earth, but spirit taught words. Goes on to say this, the person without the Spirit, Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Holy Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and that's why people make fun of it. That's why people despise it. Hey, do you go to that holy roller church tree of life? Don't they speak in tongues and handle snakes? No, we're just across the street from the snake farm, but we don't handle them. You know, I, was, I, was, I, was, I hear it, you hear it. Some of you don't wanna tell people where you go to church. I know, I understand that, that's okay. But listen, it's all this stuff, it's foolishness because they don't know, because they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't know that. And so I would like to tell you that you're not gonna be fun of, but that would be a lie and I can't lie to you. But you will be fun. Can I, but can I say, blessed is he who's persecuted for righteousness sake. And I'd rather have people sit and make fun of me and walk in the fullness of God than care what they think and not. Can I just be honest with you there? Because they're not gonna stand in heaven one day before God for me, I am. Okay. A person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness, let's go on, and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the spirit, Holy Spirit, The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. And verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So there is a different language. There's something created there. Words taught by the spirit, spirit taught words. God created a way to get his fullness in us. And the part of us is created like him that can communicate with his spirit so we can have his glory or the fullness of who he is So, tongues is not some crazy gibberish. It's not. People just don't understand it. It's not something to be despised or to run from. It's really something to embrace. But I understand people's misconceptions or or hesitations at times because of the way it's been handled. Uh, Tongues is something really beautiful, actually. A beautiful language, heavenly language between you and God. 
And really, it's for you and God, not for anybody else. And really, kind of, really, even with all this that I've said this morning, really, maybe the only part that people have a problem with is the public expression of it. And can I tell you, I've been in some crazy meetings where there's been some crazy public expressions of it, but those people were crazy before they got the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. But listen, no, I, honestly, there's been some, and I understand there's a legitimate working in there stuff, and I, I agree with all that, I've seen that, I've been a part of that. But I, I wanna say, don't get hung up on the public part of it. Am I gonna be at Walmart one day and all of a sudden I'm just gonna bust out in tongues with everybody around me? I don't know, but if I see you, I'm going down the other aisle, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's a gentleman, he does things in decency and order. He's not gonna embarrass or humiliate you. God's not gonna give you bad stuff that's bad for you. You trust God, you trust him with your, with your eternity, trust him with your time here on the earth. Amen. You can trust God. I think we just get wrong ideas about it sometimes. If we receive the full weight of what God wants and who, who he is to us and for us and in us, that's an amazing thing, so don't reduce it down to the size of your understanding. So here's the pushback. Do I have to speak in tongues? I hear this all the time. Do I have to speak in tongues? And can I say, here's the answer. No, you don't, have, you don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. I mean, we need to have that attitude. That's what a beautiful thing to experience. It's not a have to, it's a get to. I get to have this heavenly language, this download between God and I. Don't be turned off by other people's experiences or abuse or overemphasis or underemphasis. Don't be turned off by that. Don't go by what anybody else thinks. Go by the word of God. Open up to this heavenly language. And, and if you do, it doesn't make you a wild, a wild and crazy fanatic or holy roller. It's living with God's presence and power at a higher level than our natural ability because the days are evil and we have a mission to reach people. I hear this all the time. Can every believer speak in tongues? And to what I say, if you look in the, books of, in the book of Acts, just in the book of Acts, you'll see five experiences or really uh, instances where you see that. Uh, four of them you'll see, one of them being Paul. You'll see them speaking in tongues. It talks about that. The fifth one doesn't say if the person ever did, but we would draw the conclusion if the other four did. It doesn't walk us all the way out to see that. But I make the case that if the other four did, then that one certainly would. This doesn't reveal that to us. <clears throat> so we, I believe we can make that assumption. And so people will say, but some believe that not all speak in tongues. And I know that comes from 1 Corinthians 12. I don't have time to teach on that, but 1 Corinthians 12 really is talking about a spiritual gift, a spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. I want to make something very clear because here's an argument. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is different than the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. The spiritual giftings are as the Spirit wills and they're special workings. It's different. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer, but there is an experience or a specialized working of the gifts of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, much like you see the gift of faith, much like you see the gift of healing. Now, let me use those examples because some people think, think that uh, it says not all have the gift of faith. And that's that special working of faith. But it also says in the Bible that everyone who's saved has the measure of faith has been given to them. It says not all have the gift of healing, but understand in the scripture, the Bible also says that believers can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It says not all have the gift of speaking in tongues, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is for every believer. So it's talking about a specialized work, much like I don't have the gift of singing, that's why I don't lead worship up here. You don't want me to. But I love standing on the front row and singing my guts out and worshiping God. And I'll do it all day long. I love that. That's the, I don't have that specialized gift, but I can sing on the front row or in the shower and have a great time with God in the car. That's the difference. I hope that you see that there. I think, and in fact, if you look at Mark 16, 17, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe they will speak with new tongues. 
So it's a different working. Another pushback is this, tongues will cease. And you can write this down, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, and then 12. It talks about in that passage of scripture that tongues will cease. It says that um, prophesying will cease, tongues will cease or be stilled. And it says that, uh, what's that last one? Knowledge will cease. And can I say, it goes on to talk about that we see things in part. We don't see things complete, but it says one day we'll see things full or we'll see things complete. And it goes on to say the next scripture, it goes on to say when we see him face to face, what that's talking about is that when we're in heaven one day, there will no longer be any need for tongues. There'll no longer be a need for prophesying. There'll no longer be a need uh, uh, for knowledge. But while we're here on the earth, yes, we still need knowledge. We're going to learn and grow until the time we get to heaven. Yes, we still need to speak the things that out that the Holy Spirit reveals to us, prophecy. Yes, we need, to, we need to pray in tongues. But when we see him face to face, that means heaven and fullness and completion, it's speaking about heaven. And so, yeah, all that will cease when we get to heaven, but not while we're here on the earth in the midst of evil days because we have a mission. Talks about that. So what can I expect? Okay, pastor, what can I expect then? I'm hearing you. And thank you so much for your patience. I had a lot to get out today, so hang in there with me. What can I expect? Number one, let me give you these. Freedom and worship. I just wrote a few things down. Freedom and worship. Acts 2, 11 says this. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. What's interesting to me is when the baptism of the Holy Spirit fell onto those believers and they poured out in the street, they were declaring the wonders of God. You know what speaks to me? Then your worship should go to another level. You should have more freedom. Why? Because all of a sudden now you have a download of God. You have an intimate spirit to spirit connection and God is revealing who he is to you. God is showing you things to come. God is is encouraging your spirit, man. God is lifting you up. You're going to see life in a whole different world. You're going to see the wonders of God differently than you did before the download. It talks about intimacy. It talks about greater freedom with God and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Your worship should go to a whole nother level. The only reason, way that you know the wonders of God is because the freedom and intimacy in God that comes experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another one, clarity of God's vision. Clarity of God's vision for your life. Acts 2, 16 through 17 says this. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. What that's talking about here is prophecy is speaking about things to come. The power of the Holy Spirit will speak, help, help reveal to you things to come. Visions, you'll get a picture. You want clarity for your life? How about speaking out by praying in the Holy Spirit and speaking out things to come? I don't know, honey, but I just know I, I think this is coming up. I, I don't know exactly what to do here, but I got a picture of this right here. And that doesn't look like what I saw in my spirit when I was praying in the Holy Spirit. When I was praying, God was downloading to me. I just don't think that's the direction we're to go, but over over here, I got more clarity now than I did before. Power of the Holy Spirit. Get more clarity for life. God's vision for your life. And let me give you um, number three, power in prayer. Power in prayer. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Listen to this. This is amazing. In the same way, the Spirit helps us, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there? You had no idea what to pray for. Can I tell you, as your pastor, you may not want to hear this, but sometimes I just don't know what to pray for. I'm talking to people. I get a phone call or I get something late at night or my phone buzzes on my desk and it's four in the morning. I'm just, Holy Spirit, whatever that is on the other line, just give me something to say. Whatever. I don't know. But you know, there's times in life and decisions you're making and you don't know what to do and all of a sudden, but you know what? The Holy Spirit, he'll show you. 
Because sometimes in our natural mind, we just don't know what to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, because the capital S, Holy Spirit, intercedes for God's people. Listen, intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What that says to you and I is when we pray in our heavenly language, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, you know what we're doing? We're praying out God's perfect will. I may not know what I'm supposed to do next. My wife are making decisions and stuff. But you know what? When I pray in the Holy Spirit, the spirit in me that's in communion with God's spirit prays out the perfect will of God for my life. And can I tell you, I would be amazed at how many prayers I prayed in the natural that the Holy Spirit just undid because it had the right path for my life. I mean, I don't, if you've been praying about the Holy Spirit to help you get the Powerball numbers, guess what? He's not going to show that to you. Holy Spirit, and you're natural. But if you pray in the Holy Spirit, he's going to reveal to you how to manage your finances. I mean, it's just like, come on. I mean, listen, in every area of your life, we don't know what to pray a lot of times what the Holy Spirit does. And when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we're praying out God's perfect will for our life. Come on, who doesn't want that? It's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do in our lives. Freedom of worship, clarity and vision, power and prayer. You can trust the Lord. So what do we do? What's next? Remove all barriers. I ask you to come with a clean slate and I don't know where you're at and you're passing your history with that. Maybe you're totally on board. That's great. That's great to hear the message again inspire you. Maybe you've heard it preached against. Maybe you had no idea. But listen, remove all the barriers, bad experiences, maybe doctrine. I hope that you saw the word for yourself. Don't take my word. Take his word for it. Unforgiveness, pride, whatever it might be, remove all the barriers, repent, do that. Number two, request the Holy Spirit and request him confidently. Not if it be your will, God, can I tell you it's God's will for everyone to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Maybe on me if you want today, Lord. No, you confidently request him. You confidently request him, much like you did. He's a free gift. He wants you to have him. Acts 2 says he's for all. Luke 11 says he will freely give the Holy Spirit to whoever will ask. Don't mamby-pamby your prayer and ask him, okay, if you will. No, it's like, I want the Holy Spirit, God. I want the free gift. Number three, receive the gift. Reach out by faith and take it. It's not a, a Holy Spirit takeover. You take it, much like your salvation. It's a free gift, just like your salvation. You take your salvation. Salvation. You take by faith the Holy Spirit. You will have to voluntarily participate. Just like salvation. It's a free gift. And the last one, release your prayer language. Release your heavenly language. Really, it's your decision. It's your decision. Holy Spirit's not going to grab your tongue like some ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> and some like Holy Spirit take over possession. It's not going to happen. By faith you start speaking it out. By faith, you stop praying in English and shut your mind off and pray that spirit from inside of you. By faith, you stop worshiping in English and you start worshiping on that which is inside of you wanting to come out in the Holy Spirit. By faith, you just move your mouth and go. And it may sound silly to you and it may sound like yabba-dabba-doo or whatever. It may sound silly to you, but don't listen to your brain that says, man, that's stupid, that's ridiculous, that's foolish, that's gibberish. You just shut your brain off. It can't comprehend the things of God. And you just allow it to come out of your mouth and you don't care what anybody else thinks. It's not for anybody else necessarily. It's for you and it gives you the power to minister to other people. I, I, just, I want to encourage you in that because the enemy's going to be all over this so you don't receive it. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Holy Spirit's for you. So you step out there in faith and you take it. I just, we see in the scriptures that hands are laid on sometimes, not all the time. 
So at the end of service, we have people up here. At the end of this service, we have people up here. If you want someone to pray with you on that, man, absolutely. Uh, we've seen a scripture where Peter was preaching a sermon, and people were at Cornelius and his family were sitting out there listening, and then in the middle of his message, they just all started pre- speaking in tongues. And we see it that people in different parts, my dad, when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he'd heard it taught, and he was driving his car to work one day, and he pulled over on the side of the road, and he said, God, I want this Holy Spirit you're talking about, and then he just shut his brain off, started praying in English, and turned over and started praying the Holy Spirit on his own, in the car, on the side of a road. You can do it at home, in your room, you can do it here before you leave, stand out the side, the back, right where you are. Listen, it's up to you, but listen, if you leave today and you don't agree with me on this, that's Okay. I'm not here to shove anything down your throat. I'm not here to judge you. If you don't think I'm a crazy fool, I don't think you're a second-class Christian if you don't. I think it's for the benefit of the believer, but we can still win people for Christ. We can still come to church together. We can still give 5,000 meals out, 500 boxes of food, gifts to 2,500 kids. And we can still create environments where people will come and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. But you make the decision. But don't base it on what you've heard or what other people have told you. Base it on what you're looking at in the word of God and that prompting inside you. But I just, want, I just want you to know my prayer is that, God, I want anything and everything you have for me. I don't have to understand it all. If I see it in the word and I see this in the scripture, I want it. I want it all because God will never give you anything bad. He'll never give you anything hurtful. He'll never give anything to your detriment. Only to your blessing and your benefit because he is a good and faithful God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.